Hey, Boker Tov, today's daf is daf Samaches in Ksulis, as we learned for Fushlam, for Lozab and Ruma, and Yosef Asriel ben Chaim Michal. From the 11th line on Samaches Himalaf, Tan Rabbanan, we're talking about people who are cheat, who cheat when it comes to Tzedakah. Hamasam is saying if a person pretends that he's blind, a person who swells his belly, makes him look like he's sick, or he shrinks his leg, makes it look like he's an invalid, he's crippled, that he's looking for money that we're. He won't die until it'll actually be that way. In other words, like we say, you're pretending that you're crippled in order to get stuck, you'll wind up crippled. The person who accepts stuck, stuck is only really for a poor person, a person who is considered to have less than $200 or 200 zuz in assets. So a couple of if a person receives stock, he wasn't needed because he had more than that. The, 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 the Gemara doesn't differentiate between like a middle, poor, uh, poor, middle income and wealthy. You're either poor or you're not, you know. So if he if he accepts stock or when he actually had $200 in his pocket, we call it dollars, zuz, whatever, um, and he doesn't, so finally, at the end, he'll be poor. He won't die until he actually becomes poor. Turn on us and we learn like this. A person who's accepting staka, like like a shikhon peya, he's poor, or accepts staka from the charity box. You might say, listen, well, he has assets. I mean, he might not have $200 in his pocket, but he's still got a house. He's got furniture, clothing. When a person doesn't have $200, he's not to sell his house, best clay tap shisho, or his vessels in his house, his clothing, etc. You don't have to do that. In other words, it's cash. A person can't be expected to sell off uh, every last asset that he has in order to come up with the two hundred dollars. Something more is below. Is that not the case? But Tanya will learn. If he used to use golden vessels, he should sell those and use something cheaper. Why should you accept? You know, like people say, "Look at that guy; he's getting stuck uh, while he's driving a lot around a Mercedes or a Cadillac." You know, why can't he drive a cheap car? So here we see that if he's if he's using gold vessels, you should use silver ones. <clears throat> if you normally use clay let him go down a level. So you see apparently that he should sell off his assets. So the Gemara gives several answers. His bed and his um, and his uh, table, maybe that he could sell off. Those are things which aren't as personal. But it comes to cups and plates, you know, things like that. Those days they didn't have fine china like we have today or even plasticware or paperware. Um, they were pretty messy. And if you didn't have your own, it was considered, you know, it was me as to you, despicable to use somebody else's. Why not? Why doesn't he have to sell his cups and his saucers? Because they are despicable to me to use somebody else's or to get other ones that are cheap. If a person's used to his bed or is used to his table, I can't I find it unacceptable to sleep on a, on a different kind of a bed. It's too hard for me. So the point is that a person is not expected to sell his assets. You find the same thing today when people are poor, let's say in America, and they are eligible for um, uh, for what they call not Medicare, but what's the other one? Medicaid, Medicaid right? Medicaid. So um they're not forced, they don't have any money, they're not forced to sell off their home. Not only that, their spouse, who is not 
sick or anything, is not forced to sell off their home. It's the same thing over here. Person's not responsive. He doesn't have any money. He doesn't have to sell off his assets, including his home and his furnishings, etc. So I'm a rubber braid, the rabbah. I'll tell you what we're speaking about. He says, you know what? You know what you have to sell off if you have, let's say, a silver comb. Comb here means like a strigil, like it's not like a blade that they used to scrape off dead skin. So he says, you don't need a silver one for that. That's not such a big deal. So get a, you know, get one made out of wood or something or made out of some cheaper material that he's expected to sell off. But the things that are personal that a person needs all the time that he uses all the time that he's not expected to sell. That's one answer. But Papa says a different answer. Lokash, this is a good answer. What happens if a person is entitled to collect stock because he is less than $200, right? But let's say he cheats. He has more than $200. And he takes the the charity box anyway. Then they go after him. The rabbi is the best and goes after him and demands that he pays it back, that he gives it back to them. So he says like this, before the Degi boy, meaning if uh, he's not, if, if he was really had less than $200, so then he's, uh, he doesn't have to sell off anything. As we said before, he doesn't have to sell his house, his furnishings, his clothing, his dinnerware, et cetera. He's not, he doesn't have to sell that. He's still considered an honey. Let's say he cheated, though. He had more than $200. He had more money. Some people cheat. He had more money, and he took from the stock anyway. Now they're going after him to collect. They're collecting from him, saying, you had more than $200. Give us back all that stock. Well, I don't have that. I don't have it anymore. The money that I took was I don't have anymore. Uh, now we're going to sell off your furnishings. That's what we're talking about over here. That if you used gold, gold before, you used silver now. The more gives more of a Spartan answer. Says the Mishnah. We've learned this many times that if a girl is uh, uh, is underage, she's under bat mitzvah, and she no longer has a father, or he's out of the picture. Let's assume simply he's out of the picture. So the rabbi said, well, his mother or his, her mother or her brother should marry her off. So her mother or her brothers married her off. She accepted it. She was only Iktana though, but Iktana doesn't have das. We don't rely on that, but she, she willingly went into the marriage. And they wrote her a nedunya, right? They wrote her a dowry. Dowry is, like we said before, the money that her family brings into the wedding that they write into the ksuba. And they wrote in 100 or 200 or $150. When she grows up, she say, wait a minute, you only gave me $100. I want to hold it. What's Roy to give to her? And Rashi says, and we're going to talk today about parnosa. Parnosa means a dowry. Now, there are things in the ksuba, let's understand this very carefully, things in the ksuba that we write. The basic ksuba we all know, he says, if I divorce you or I die, you're going to get your $200 plus whatever he said. That's the basic ksuba. Then we have the ksuba has been indifferent. Remember that we had on that your male sons will, will, will inherit this amount of money over and above the male sons that your son-in-law, that the son-in-law has from other wives. Then there's ksuba has been indifferent. We said that I will support the children, the girls. Remember but by law, he's not mechuyif to feed his children over, over the age of six, right? But he said, or her children for sure. But he says, I'll support the girls now until they get married or until they become of age, 12 and a half years old, children by girls. He said, that's all ksuba's uh, been in. Uh, then there's another thing, which is not really written into the ksuba's, we'll see. But it's a tonight that the rabbi said, which is that it's incumbent on the yorshim, on the boys, to get the Yerusha, to marry off, to give the girls in the family who haven't been married yet by the father, the father's dead, to give them a proper wedding, a proper dowry. How much is that dowry? So we're going to see, Rebbe says, 
10%, 10% of his assets. 10% of the assets that he had at the time, let's say that he died, 10% goes to the to the to the girl to the to the first girl. What about the second girl? 10% of that, whatever's left. What about the third girl? 10% of whatever's left, whatever, whatever they have. Basically, the idea is 10%. That's the idea over here. Let's say she grows up and says, wait a minute, you gave me a dowry of $100? <laughs> I was a kid. I didn't know anything about the money. I was eight years old. Now that I'm older, I want my 10%. So that's what the mission says. Mishetan, uh, when she gets older, she's about This goes with the sheet of Rebbe, which is what? What's the parnosa? The parnosa means the dowry, 10%. Another opinion. Rebbe says, no, no, no. Rabbiuda's opinion is that the parnosa is not 10%, not 10% of the man's asset, but it's whatever you think the father would have given. So if you if father gave the first girl $10,000 or $500, whatever, you assume that he's given, he would have given the second girl the same thing. That's umdana. We assess what the father would have given. If we know what the father was, let's say the father was never around, then you don't know. Then he's motivated, yeah, 10%. But otherwise, you assess the father. That's the second thing. Sometimes a person is poor, they became wealthy. Oh, Ashirani became, uh, he was poor and became wealthy. He was wealthy and became poor. So you can't give those rules. We'll see the Gemara will explain what it means. Not really poor and rich or rich and poor, but either way, the person could have changed his status. That's what we're going to talk about. You can't go by what the father did in 1970 or whatever years ago. You have to look at the situation. You figure out what, what assets does he have. And that's not, you give her what's fair. Bezdin will go in there and figure out what's fair to get from the assets. He had. can't say, well, he paid then. You know, he gave her $100,000, you know, the first girl. Now that they, there's no money. Uh, no money. What are you going to do? There's no money. What are you going to do? Give you $100,000. He doesn't have that money anymore. He's long gone. But rather, you, 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 you assess the assets, you look at what the assets are, and you give according. So there's three ways, I'm explaining, there's three ways to, 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 to computations different for, for Parnassa, for the dowry. Is it 10%? Is it you assess what the father would have wanted to do based on his previous action or what kind of person that you know he was? Or do you look at the current situation and say, what can they afford? You give them what they can afford, which is the horror, which makes more sense. But those are the three opinions of the mission. Amr Shmuel. Shmuel says the Parnasa Shambab. You figure out what the father would have wanted to do. What was the father? Was he miserly or was he generous? In other words, what kind of a person was the father? That's how you figure out. So Shmuel will see that Shmuel will go like Rebuta, that you figure out what he would have wanted to do. But the Gemara is going to ask on him, how could Shmuel say you go according to what we say, umdana, the second opinion, Musav? The daughters get support and parnosa. Parnosa usually means the dowry. The more explains. We don't say we don't say the father would have been around. This is what he would have done. We would have said the father. You figure out like the third opinion. You figure out whatever they can afford right now. My love parnosa is about. Don't we need that parnosa that you give to the husband, meaning the dowry? And you see over here. Like the third way, like the Chacham not like Shmuel said, you go according to Umdana, uh, you assess the the father, you assess what the father would have wanted to give, like Yehuda's opinion. So the first, the Mar was going to come out later and say, well, Shmuel goes like a Yehuda, but first Mar is trying to make him come out like everybody. I'm not my We're not talking about when it says Parnosa, when he's in the zone of Parnosa, we don't mean the Parnosa, the dowry, we mean her regular food. 
You remember, I said before that in the Ksuba, you write Tos which means I'm going to feed the children until they get married or until they become of age, right? That's what we're talking about, the food. But Hanazonus Umisbanus, it says two things, food, feeding, the Zonus, getting support, uh, food support, and Parnasa. Parnasa usually means dowry. My Lavachs Parnasa, Baalvachs Parnasa, doesn't one mean the Parnasa, the Baal, the da- that means the dowry in one, her food, Parnasa, this is low. Eating, eating, Parnasa, we're both talking about her food. But it doesn't mean literally food. So one is literally food. One is covering her up, one is one is clothing. In other words, her necessities, which are all part of the same suba. So that's what it means over here. So we're not talking about the dowry. That's his first answer. Shmuel, Shmuel, the mission was talking about the dowry. Is the dowry 10%? Is it assessment? Or is it what they can afford? And Shmuel says, it goes according to assessment. Like Mara said, what do you mean? The, it's mashma from what you could afford. No, they were talking about the food. That's all. All right. Tanan, the Chum Omrim, the last part of the Mishnah. What was the third opinion? Sometimes the guy, what do you, what do you say? God's got to give him 10%. Uh, sometimes the guy is poor and he becomes rich, right? Or you give him 10%, you're going to, are you going to assess what he did based on how he married off the first girl? Sometimes the guy was poor and became rich. Oh, Asher, he became, or he was rich and poor. Now, you, you figure out what they can afford right now. Now, my Ani Masha, what do we mean by poor and rich? Do we mean literally poor in assets and rich and rich assets? What do you mean? <laughs> Sometimes the guy was rich then and now he's poor, right? Now, and now he's poor, but rather, so you just get what it can afford right now. And what do you mean? The Chachamim, they're disagreeing with the Tanakama. That would be either the very first Tanakama who says 10% or a Yudah who says, uh, you assess what the father would have wanted to give then, but if he doesn't, if you're talking about literally rich and poor, he was rich then, he's poor now. What are you going to tell him? You got to give the money anyway. Halasla, he doesn't have any money. How can how can you say me? Does the Tanakhama hold that even if he was rich originally, now he became poor? You give him like it was like when he was rich. Halasla, he doesn't have any money, right? How could you say that? Elalav, we're at the first of the widest lines on the page. Elalav, ani ani bedas, ashi bedas. He means. What is his mentality? Is he stingy? Is he miserly? Meaning he doesn't want to give a lot of money. Or is he generous? That's what you mean over here. In other words, sometimes a guy was generous back in 1980 when the stock market was high. And now that the stock market's low, he's not so generous anymore, right? Or maybe the other way around. Maybe he's doing better now. He invested in real estate. Now he's making money. Maybe he wants more. In other words, you look at what his, his, his uh, mentality was. And and Victani and even then Victani and and you say even though his mentality was such there right you can't say that go according to mentality the say you can't look what his mentality was then it was twenty years ago or thirty years ago then it was then he was wealthier now he's poor then he was poor now he's wealthy rather you just look at the current situation like the third opinion that's the third opinion so you see you don't look at assessing his mentality, Shmuel said, right? Here from the Chacham, you see that you don't go, but you don't look at the assessment. The Chief on Shmuel says, who don't computer? So the obvious answer is like I explained the Mishnah. The Mishnah had three opinions, three Tanam, 10%, Umdana, or what can afford. So you're asking a Kash on Shmuel, Shmuel says, you go, Bas or Umdana. <laughs> you can't ask Kash from the Chacham. Shmuel will go like a Yura. The Basar if he married up the first girl, with X amount of money, you should give the second one. You see, that's what he wanted to do for his girls. So why didn't just say Why did Shmuel give us this whole ring and say you you assess according to the father, and then we're figuring out well 
that doesn't that doesn't jive with the chachamim. Say, oh, it doesn't go like that. It goes like if you just say Allah like a biura. Rabbi Yudah said, if he married off the first daughter, Leah, right, with, uh, with $10,000, and that's what you should do for the second daughter. So I might think that's only if he married off. If he married off and he spent $10,000 on the wedding, you know that's what he wanted to do. Dafke, you see, if he married the Golidaiti, he revealed his mentality. But let's just say he didn't marry off anybody yet. But we know what kind of a guy he is. You can see the way he spends money on his car, on his house, on the shul, whatever. You can see what kind of a person he is. So I might think when, if he would just say, Allah's computer, means only if he actually marries somebody off already. Then we can assess his, his uh, mentality and, and, and his, uh, is he stingy or is he, uh, or is he generous? But if he didn't marry him off, we can't judge. Kamash Mulan, the reason is no. Time of Rabbi Yudah doesn't even do we assess him. Whether he married somebody off, yes, if he did marry somebody off, it's quite obvious what is what how you could assess him. But even if you didn't marry somebody off, you could also assess his his mentality. The high why did he see it? So why did Rabbi Yudah say he see it married up? Even though he already married off a girl, we go he died and he showed what he wants to spend. We don't look at that. Why? Because sometimes he could have been generous 20 years ago and now he's no longer, or vice versa. Amalei Ravla Ravkista. The Darshim Shimcha, we learned in your name, Ravkista. Allah Allah is like a Buddha. Amalei Yehei Rava, let it be the will of Hashem Kolkiani Mila Ganyasa to Dishmashwai. Any good things like that, you should say my name. In other words, I, I, that I hold like Rabbi Yehuda, that you assess the father, what the father would have wanted to give. Says Gemara, Miyam Rava, Hachi. Did Rava really say that the Allah? Is that we darshan in you? The loch is like Rabbi Yehuda. By the time we learn Rebbe Omer, remember I said that the, there's three opinions: ten percent umdina or or what he can afford. The first opinion, ten percent, is Rebbe. By the time Rebbe Omer, a girl who is getting maintenance, who's getting support from the brothers, meaning she's uh, she's not yet twelve and a half. No, tell us Easter nechasim. She takes ten percent. That's the first opinion. Like you said, Rashi said, Rashi said, and you some she sees here when she gets up, she can make a demand and demand her, her 10%. So what do you see? How could you say? How could you say that Rabbah holds like the Allah's like a beauty? You go bust her assessment. Italian Rebbe says, uh, you give her her, her parnasa, her dowry is 10%. Yom Rabbah, he'll like Rebbe. So Rabbah, on the one hand, says, Allah's like a beauty, then you go bust her. On the other hand, he says, Allah's like Rebbe, you go with 10%. This is low kasha. One speaking about where you assess them. If you can assess him, you know the guy, you know the guy. So you can say, okay, we'll go bust the assessment. If you don't know the guy, he didn't live in you didn't he didn't live in your neighborhood. You never met the guy. How can you judge what if uh, what a person that you don't know what he if you can't assess him, then you do the 10%. That way. Rebbe himself, who said 10% is what you give for the for the dowry, he only gave one twelfth. He didn't give 10%. So why not? Why? Does he say 10% or does he say 1 12th? What's 1 12th? Like 8% and change, right? Uh, so it's less. So uh, so how can you, the steer and Rebbe, does you see that if you can shot some up, even Rebbe possibly would hold that you shot some up. This is interesting because Rebbe said, if you didn't, if you didn't assess him, then you give 10%. He did assess him, not so according to its mashma that even Rebbe would monitor it. If you could assess him, you assess him, but otherwise it's 10%. All right, go for Amr Rebbe. Basman says, Manachin, not what she takes 10%. Amr Rebbe, understand. Remember, this has to come from the Yorshim. It's not even written into the Kibbutz, it's not a Tanaik Subas. We'll see. This Parnasa is like a standard takana of the rabbis. The rabbi said, 
that if a man dies and leaves boys and girls, and who gets the Yerusha? The boys. They have to feed her. That's the Miksuba. But also, they have to give 10% of the assets for the dowry. So wait a minute. So they said to Rebbe, I understand you. Let's say a guy's got $10. Right? Ruben, Uben, Eino, Leben. Uben, he has 10 daughters and a son. Uben, Eino, Leben, Makam, Banos, Klum. He doesn't get anything. Because if you give 10% of the assets, right? A man leaves an estate. 10% goes to each of the 10 girls. So the, the boy's left with nothing. Is that what you're saying? Omer Lenny said, this is what I say. Listen carefully. In the last line of the page. The first girl takes 10%. The the second girl takes 10% of what's left. It's like my it's like my right? Takes 10% of what's left. And then they put it all together and they split it up equally. What's going on over here? So, first of all, to understand that what do we mean? What's gonna be what we say if there's 10 girls and they get the they get the whole hundred percent, the boys left with nothing. No, the first girl gets 10%. So let's say. Let's say you had uh, the estate was ten thousand dollars. The first girl gets one thousand dollars. What does the second girl get? She gets ten percent of the nine thousand dollars that's remaining, which is nine hundred dollars, right? She gets nine hundred dollars, right? What the, what's left now is how much? Eighty one hundred, right? So the third girl would get would get uh, eight hundred and ten dollars, right? And so on and so forth. But there'll be something left at the end. There's always something left at the end because not other girls get the same. So that's what the boy will get. But then he adds on the last words on the page. Say, then they take then they take all the money. Apparently, there was there was allotted to them to the girls. Okay, the boy got his few dollars there. He wound up with whatever he got. But the girls take all the money. They pool it together and they split it equally. Says Gemara, what do you mean? What's wrong? The Chacham Rashi is made at the Kana ten percent. This is Rishon Rishon. She got her ten percent. Why should she go back? And pool her 10%, which was more. She got $1,000. Everybody else got less than $1,000. Why should we get Zachim? Doesn't mean that. In Bo, Kul, and if they all came at one time to get married, all 10 girls said, We're getting married. We're getting married, right? There were, there were two sets of quintuplets, whatever. Very simple. We're all getting married. Then, Hokus Bishava, they split it equally. That means they split it equally at 10 times. But if Taka is a normal course of events, the first girl gets married, she gets 10 doesn't mean the oldest girl doesn't, but the first girl that got married gets 10%. Next girl gets 10%, and they go on that way. But if they all want to get married at the same time, so they, then they split equally. They get one-tenth. What do you mean they only get one-tenth? They're all only going to take 10% of all the assets. They take 10% like one, meaning at the same time, they're all coming. So then they would split it equally. So in that case, in that case, what would happen? Would the boy get anything? The boy would still get because you just, what he says, so you make that cheshman of nine, of the first girl getting $1,000, second girl getting $900 and so on. You take that whole amount together and then you split that equally. And then the boy's left with whatever, what he's left. Habanos, Bang Bogru, Now we've learned when it comes to food, how long do the boys have to feed the girls? Until they're 12 and a half or until they get married, okay? That's by law. If they want to give more, they can give more, but that's what they by law. What about the, the part also? What about the dowry? What, what, what about that? Whether they became 12 and a half before they got married, or or they got married when they were Naros already, not when they're Tanas, right? They lose their Mizonas at that point. Right, there's no more Mizonas at 12 and a half, or if they get married, 
Here's another machlokas Rebbe and and with another uh, uh, with another dispute. They didn't lose the parnasa. He says, in other words, even though they're twelve and a half, let's say they're fifteen now. She hasn't gotten married yet. Girl's an old lady. She's fifteen years old. And she gets married. Does she still get the dowry? Rebbe says yes. She's she lost the food when she's twelve and a half, or if she got married when she's twelve, uh, whatever she's twelve and lost the food then. But they haven't lost their dowry, even though they're past the age. That's what Rebbe says. Shimon Allah's armor, after the process, they even lost the dowry. That was only until 12 and a half. Case of Eos. So what are they going to do? The girl's not married yet. She doesn't have a shit. She's going to lose her dowry. Case of Eos. So according to Shimon Allah's they hire men to say they're going to get married. In other words, you put them in a very difficult situation. If she doesn't get married by X date, she's going to lose her dowry. So what do they do? They hire somebody to come and say, they hire the men, so to speak, you know, they go after a chassan. They go to a shatchan or somebody, they go after a chassan and say, I'm willing to marry her so that they, they can, so that the boys will have to give her the 10% or the assessment, whatever it is. But that's really a difficult situation because you're forcing them to play around and play games, things like that. So, Amr of Nachman, Amr Huna, Huna told me, looks like Rebbe, that they have not lost a dowry, even though they're past the age of 12 and Ace Rav of Nachman. So Rav Nachman says, Lachas like Rebbe. Here Rav Kasha Rav says, Nachman, Yisomashi, so our Mishnah, what did the Mishnah say? Yisomashi, a girl who's not, she's a Yisomashi, she's six, seven, eight years old. Her, uh, her brother, her mother, her brother's married, Rabbi Dada, that she agreed at the time. They gave her 150. When she gets older, she could protest and say, hey, where's my 10%? Where's my assessment? You gave me $100, that's nothing. What you want to give to her, and Rashi said of it, it's 10%. Time of the Tana. The reason is why, because you married her off when she was the Tana. She didn't know anything. Tana does not consider it das. So you married me off. Okay, I agreed to $100 then because I didn't know anything. Now that I'm older, I understand money and I want my 10%. So Mash because it's a Tana. It's Mash with a Gdola. Bitra. She was Mocho, right? She was surrendered her money. She, she, she's a Gdola. When she's a Gdola, she can't ask for it anymore. How can you say the law is like Rebbe? That even if the girl is past 12 now, she's 15, she's 18 years old now, she's still entitled to her dowry. She's only can claim her dowry if she was a Katana when they married her off. But when she's a Gdola and they married her off, Mashma, she doesn't have a dowry anymore. If she's a Gdola, she's past the age of, she got married when she's a Gdola, when she's 12, when she got married and she was a Naura, or certainly when she's a, a, a Bogaris, Mashma that she's Mavatar and she's Mochel, the, she's Mochel, her Dharm uh, Shesnia. This is Lokasha. No, our mission is speaking about a Gdola who didn't protest. She got married and she didn't protest. She didn't ask for the dowry. But if she would protest and she say, I want my dowry, she's entitled to Ochanan, if you say she's not entitled to anymore, Kasha Rebbe, Rebbe, Steer and Rebbe. The tiny Rebbe Omer, what did Rebbe say? We said a girl who's getting Mizonas from a brother, right? Getting Mizonas from her brothers, she's in Tan Chasim. Mizonas ain't, she ain't Mizonas low. Only if she's getting money, like meaning up, to, up until the age of 12 and a half when she's, when she's being fed in the house. The Mishnah clearly says that in the Ksuba, we say when she's at 12 and a half, she doesn't get the food anymore, right? Until I get, until you get married, until you become a Bulgaris. So only if she's eating, then she's in Tan Mizonas, and she's not to the, to the, to the, um, to the Eastern Chasm, to the Parnassa, to the dowry, right? It says again, Rebbe said we had that on an alpha, bottom up, Basan Zonas Manach, and if she's getting food, note that she gets in the Eastern Chasm, she gets her dowry. The Zonas ancient is low, only if she's 
gets Mazonos, only if she's up till 12 and a half. Afterwards, not. So here on the one hand, you said, Rebbe says, Rebbe just said on this page, she hasn't lost her pronosta, even though she's a Bogaris. And I'm an Alfi said, she's lost the pronosta. She's lost it once she's a Bogaris. So you see the difference is, is that it makes them if she protested. Over there, we say every girl up until the age of 12 and a half, uh, when she's being fed, she's entitled to get her pranasa because she didn't protest uh, uh, only until that age. Afterwards, if she didn't protest, she doesn't get it anymore. And Rebbe here, who says that she hasn't lost her pranasas when she's protesting, and she says, I want it, Shmamino. Amalei Ravina Larava, Amalei Rav Adabaravim Shimcha Bishmecha, the Ravarava told us in your name that Bogra Enes Shrichalimchos, that once she's 12 and a half, she doesn't even have to protest. She doesn't have to protest anyway. Nisus also Enes Shrichalimchos. If she got married, she doesn't have to protest. She's entitled to it anyway. Bogra Venisus. This is what he told Rava. If both, if she was both 12 and a half and she got married, then Sri Hashimas. Strange thing. Make me Did Rava really say that? He says, Omar Ravina Rava, Ravada Baba said in your name that she has, we just said now that if she's 12 and a half, she's still entitled to her uh to her dowry according to Ravina, only if she protests and says, I want it. She says, Don't, 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 don't uh, marry me off with nothing. And he says, that's only. Uh, that's only if she, she has to protest only if she got married and she was over 12 and a half. But if either or, Ravina said to Rava, the Ravada said in your name, that even if she turned 12 and a half, or if she got married, she doesn't have to be Melcha. So, so did Rava really say that? Well, Ace for Rava of Nachman. Rava just said, according to Rav Nachman, he has the Kasher from Yasoma, she see a Ima, a Ima. And uh, it says over there that uh, when she gets older, when she's a Tana and she gets older, she can protest. Mashma, that if she's already Gdola, when she got married, she can't. She doesn't get it anymore, right? We said, time the Tana, Hagdola Bitra. And we said, what's the answer? The difference is there. She wasn't, she didn't protest. Over here, she's protesting. So you see over here that if you didn't protest, you're not entitled to it. So how could you say that if she turned, how could you say that we said in Rubba's name that if she turned 12 and a half or if she got married, and she doesn't have to protest. You just said before, it only works if she protests. We're talking about over here where she's still getting Mizonos. In other words, even though she's married, even though she's married, um, it's only if she's still being fed. Now, technically, we say he doesn't have to feed her anymore once she's 12 and a half, right? Or once she's even, right? Once she's 12. But here we said if she's 12 until up until 12 and a half, he feeds her. Armor, and this is enough. She got married when she's a Nara. She doesn't have to milk her where she's still being fed, right? Even after she got married. The Ksuba says if you get married or if you turn Bogaris, no more food. Well, here she wasn't Bogaris yet, but she got married. Technically, they don't have to feed her anymore, but they were feeding her. They said, fine, she has no money, we'll feed her, right? So if she's being, if she's being fed, at, she's 12 years old and she's being fed in their house, she doesn't have to protest. Why? She was quite, she's getting food anyway. She's not being fed. So again, this is a strange case where Rubba says, where he says, we said it in Rubba's name, that even if she's um, if she's uh, got married, she doesn't have to protest. That's where she got married and she's still being fed by the boys. Then the reason she went in protest is because she's being fed anyway there. So she didn't have to protest. She'll still get her her uh, nadunya, her uh, her parnasa, her dowry. Like what's that? Omra funa. Like a new thing now. Omra funa, Omra. Parnasa in Sri Aina Tanaik Suba. Parnasa, the dowry is not like a Tanaik Suba. 
What is it tonight? So we say ksumas, different ksumas, the nokban, right? But the parnasa is not like the tonight suba. The dowry is not like the suba. My inaccepts, what do you mean it's not like the tonight suba? What do we mean by that? In what sense is the parnasa dowry not like the tonight suba? In a little parnasa, talking shari, if you want to say that parnasa, what does that mean? The dowry, you could even talk from the chasm shibadim, meaning, let's say the boys, what do we say about the parnasa? The, the father died. He left an estate. It's incumbent upon the boys to marry off these girls. That's a rule. Now, let's say they sold the chasm to somebody else, right? So, parnasa can, can take the for, since they have a uh, they have a responsibility first to marry off the girls, they shouldn't have sold that property, or unless they had other assets to pay to to, to marry off the girls. If they don't have the assets, should they have like a first dip. They have a first lien. The girls have a first lien on those nechassim. If you mean that even that the boy sold, not stuff that was that the father had sold off, but said that the stuff that the boy sold off. Tonight, suba low and the tonight suba let's say like. Like the food, you can't collect from the chasid shabbatim. Mike Mosh, what's the chiddush in that? That we see that every day. Our ma'is mechol yom, what's in the parnasa and what's in the mazonos? Since parnasa is a fixed amount, the rabbis, what's the fixed amount? Either the assessment of the father based on his previous weddings or the way we know him, or the ten percent. So we know what that is. When the man dies, we know he left a million dollars. We assume he's going to spend a hundred thousand dollars on the girls on the first girl's wedding. So that's a fixed amount. So there, that like that money is meshubat. And if you sold off the property that that uh, that's guaranteeing that money to somebody else, so she can go after that. Does that mean that that happens all the time? Uh, uh, is not a fixed amount. We don't know how long it's going to go on. We don't know how much they're going to eat, etc. It's not a fixed amount. So you don't take the mishubadim. Is that what you mean? But that's what's the chiddush in that. He said, Rav Huna said in the name of Rebbe, Parnosa is not like Taiksuba. In what sense? The Parnosa is Meshubadim and Taiksuba not? We know that our Vesachish, Ella the Ilu Parnosa Gabina Metalatlan. Parnosa you can even collect from Metalatlan, whereas Ksuba you only collect from Karka. But Taiksuba and Karka, Gabi, Metalatlan, Gabi. Taiksuba, like the food, you only collect from, uh, except you only collect from Karka, not from Metalatlan. According to Rebbe, both things, both the Parnosa, both the dowry can give for, come from cash or from karka, and uh, and uh, and the mazonos also can be from from both from karka or from metalplan. Whether it's landed property, real estate, or cash, uh, movables, things like that. Rebbe holds that you can you can take uh, either land property or cash to pay for mazonos. So there is no difference between Parnosa and Mazonos when it comes to, according to Rebbe, there is no difference whether it's when you're collecting from Karka or Metalplan. And the fact that the Parnosa can collect from the Chosim Mishibadim, whereas uh, Mazonos not, that we already know. It's a, it's a well-known, well-known. What did he mean when Apuna said in the name of Rebbe that a Parnosa is not like Tzimba? Look at a tiny bit of a homer. A man is dying. And he says, I don't want my daughters to get food from my from my estate, from my assets. We don't listen to him. Why? He already wrote a contract. The contract said that the girls are going to get fed, right? So you don't listen to him if he says that. He can't go back. That's a written contract. Let's say he says, but let's say he says, I don't want my daughters to get married. I don't want to give them a dowry. 
for my assets, then you do listen to him. That's when you parnosa like that. So even though we said before that when a man dies, a parnosa is stronger than mizonos because a parnosa you collect even from a chasmishubadim, right? And uh, and mizonos you don't. And therefore, in a parnosa is ten percent. It's a, it's a fixed amount. Parnosa is not like taksuba though. Why? Because it's not written into the ksuba. It's based on the fact that we know a man would normally want to pay uh, to marry off his daughter. He wants to give her a dowry so she'll be able to find a good shidduch. But it's not in the ksuba. So therefore, if a man says, I don't want to marry off my daughter, no dowry, you'll listen to him there. That's what means parnasa like that. It's not a tonight ksuba. It's not into the ksuba. The parnasa, the dowry is not in the ksuba. In the ksuba is the food, the mazonas. I'm going to feed her. I'm going to feed the almana. I'm going to feed the, uh, until she gets remarried. I'm going to feed the, the girls until, they're, until they become of age or until they get married. But the parnasa, the dowry, is an assumption. We assume he wants to give it, unless he says otherwise. Take a look at the last two lines of the page on Rashi. I'll use parnasa shum. Shaparnasa ain't a love. It's not an, it's not a, a um, obligation upon him, tonight Suba, like he's accepted this obligation, this monetary obligation. El it's an obligation on the orphans, the boys who got the Rushu, when the father did not command not to, we assume every person wants to marry off his daughter and give her a dowry. If the father didn't say otherwise, then it's an obligation on the Yisomim and they have to give that 10%. And, and that's stronger than the Mazonos, we said. Why? Because that you can even correct from Shubadim because we know what it is. It's 10% or it's his assessment. We know he wanted to give that amount of money. Mazonos is, is not a fixed amount. We don't know what it is, so therefore he can't collect from Shubadim. That's in, in terms of that difference. But if a father says, I don't want to give him a dowry, he's entitled. He doesn't have to give him a dowry. The reason we tell you to give him a dowry is because we assume in a regular case, if a man dies, he he, uh, he wants the Yorshim. It's like it's like he gave it Sabah to the Yorshim to give them 10% to marry off the girls. That's where he didn't command them. But if he said, I don't want to give him a dowry, he's entitled to. But if he said, I don't want to give him food, he cannot go back on that because that's a signed contract. That's the All right, we'll pick him here tomorrow from the top of the page tomorrow on Daf Samachtas. Have a good day.